Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. All right, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 24. Let me see if I can get my clicker working. Matthew chapter number 6. Thank you. Verse number 24. The Bible says, No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one, and I need to help you right here, right now. I know you're standing, but I am too. Amen. The word hate actually means, amen, when you're looking at it from a, uh, uh, a Hebrew's point of view, it means to love less than the other. That's the reason you read your Bible and the Bible says you should hate your mother and your father, amen, and your brother and your sister. That don't mean what the Americanized hate. It means that, that uh, your love for them ought to be less than your love for God. In other words, there can't be equal devotion. Are you following me? There can't be equal devotion between your wife and God or your husband and God or nobody in God because where there's equal devotion, there will be conflict. And there'll come a day where you have to choose between your earthly relationship with your heavenly relationship. Amen? So you can't serve two masters for either you will hate the one and love the other or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, most people just translate this word mammon is money, but actually the word mammon comes from the word confidence, security, which means something you put your trust in, which is your wealth. It's referring to your wealth, your income, which is equivalent here to us this morning to your job or your monthly check. He said, no man can serve two masters. And to serve means to be a slave or in total submission to. So the question is, do you serve your wealth? Do you serve your job? Are y'all following me now? Amen. Do, Do you serve it or does it serve you? Is your job, your wealth, your confidence, and your security, or to put it like Jesus, is it your master? Does it alter your devotion? Does your job alter your devotion? Does your wealth, your income, and wealth is not about abundance, it's your livelihood. Does it alter your faithfulness or commitment to God in any form or fashion? Verse number 25. Let me see if I got it. Hang on a minute. We'll get her going our way. Josh, help me out. Just leave it alone. Verse 25. Josh, you work that thing for me. Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life, you got to get these scriptures, more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father, somebody shout heavenly Father, 
It's very important. Your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? That refers to two things. That's talking about adding one inch to your height or one second to your, uh, one second to your life. He said, all that worrying you're doing, has it made you any taller? Has it made you any bigger? Has it added any length to your life? No, it may take some off your life, amen. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his statue? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, They don't toil, they don't labor, they don't get all worked up, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Oh, Jesus, how he preached. O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What a word. Let's pray together for you, seated. Father, we thank you now that you have given us the privilege, O Lord God, to sit at the table of the Almighty God and feed from manna from another world. We ask you, Lord, lead us now, direct us, and let us leave here with more than information. Let us leave with revelation, inspiration that begins to govern our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. On your way to your seat, somebody shout first things first. The context of this scripture or these scriptures from which we have drawn our text is dealing with all the things that are requisite for you and I to be able to exist, such as food and clothes and shelter, which Jesus alluded to as a mammon, confidence, that thing that we put our trust in, our wealth, our income, our job, our, 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 our monthly check, whatever your, your wealth is. These are the basic necessities of livelihood. Can you say amen? In other words, Jesus is not even dealing with secondary things. He's dealing with primary things that are of such an importance or value that they are required for you to even live. Amen. He's not going overboard and talking about all our excess. He's, he's, he's narrowed it all the way down to the very core of what it takes for you to be able to exist. Amen. So in other words, I can't even continue to live without these things Jesus is talking about. Are you following me? So we're, we're not talking about conveniences. We're talking about necessities. We're not talking about surplus. We're, we're talking about the very staples, the very basic fundamentals, amen, uh, things that are needed for you to be able to survive. And in the context, Jesus said, these things should not be your primary pursuit. 
That's the message don't go over too good in the United States. Amen? We've been geared to pursue it. You might well say, man, it's the truth. Jesus said, these things should not be your primary pursuit. In other words, when the value of these things compared to the value of the kingdom of God and a right relationship with God, they should, when they're, when they're held side by side, they should become secondary to a right relationship with Jesus Christ. They should come secondary to the kingdom of God, meaning there is something else that is of a greater value, greater importance than the very things that are primary for you to be able to live. I don't know if we can wrap our minds around this concept this morning. Now, let's be clear. Jesus didn't leave these things completely out of context. He just arranged them in order of importance and value. For he said, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. So Jesus was in no wise being unreasonable. He wasn't being insensitive of the things he need. He was dealing with prioritization and position that leads to divine addition. Prioritization by saying that we should seek first the kingdom of God. Follow me now. Then he established position as sons when he said that God was our heavenly father. For all these things, the Bible says, do the, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. He said, but your heavenly father knows the things that you have need of. He said, listen to this, the Gentiles, which is pagans, the, the Gentiles, which are unbelievers, amen, the Gentiles who do not even belong to the heavenly father, they're the ones seeking after these things. These things are the first priority of their lives. Amen? Uh, and they do it because they have to. Why? Because they don't have the same position you have. Oh, somebody got to catch this right here. They don't have the positions as sons of a heavenly father. Therefore, they themselves are their source. They themselves are their provider. They themselves are, 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 are their only hope. So they must sweat, they must toil, they must worry. My God help us. They must push, they must get another job, they must work another hour, amen, because they are their own God. And if I don't do it, it ain't gonna get done. But you, but you have a heavenly father. You have a divine source. You have a provider. You have a greater hope. In other words, Jesus is saying, be careful that you don't get your priorities all messed up and start acting like those who don't have a daddy. My, 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 my. Are y'all with me this morning? Amen. He said, he said, you got to be careful, amen. Somebody ask your neighbor right now, who's your daddy? Go ahead, ask him. Now I want you to wait for an answer. Ask him, who's your daddy and wait for an answer. 
Huh? Uh, I hear some answers out there that God is your heavenly father. Then ask them another question. Then what you freaking out about? Oh, he's preaching. He's preaching. And y'all don't, y'all waiting for me to spit and climb pews. And I'm preaching right now. Amen. He said, you got to be careful, church folks, because you're acting just like the world. I got to get another job. I got to get another job. I got to work another hour. Amen. I ain't got time to pray. I got to go to work. I ain't got time to study. I got to go to work. Amen. Is anybody listening to me? Why? Because I am my God and I got to make a way and I got to make a way. Jesus said chill chill he said you ain't no different from that bunch out there y'all just run it so there is a, uh, what, what you got here amen it's two masters trying to serve in one's household and they're struggling for who's going to be first in your life and every morning the two masters and according to the context, there ain't but two, amen, ain't but two gods. And that's one God in heaven and the other one you have. Thank you, prophet. Amen. And we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it. Amen. Ryan's going to give his testimony at one time. Uh, amen. You testified me about, amen, that, that he lost his job for a year. And it was in that time that he and Cassidy realized, you know what? I got a heavenly father. And I thought I couldn't make it a day without that. Amen. But I, now I know after I've been through 11 months of unemployment that God will make a way. I'm going to shout all by myself that God, that I do have a heavenly father who's taking good care somebody ought to shout in this place this morning my God what are you saying preacher we ought to quit our job no ain't what I'm saying I'm just saying the job ought to serve you instead of you sir say that right there I said your mammon ought to be serving you and you ought to be doling it out where you want to instead of it dragging you where it wants you to go Somebody ask your neighbor now, who's your daddy? Quit acting like you ain't got no daddy. Can I be so, can I be so bold as to use King James Version? Quit acting like a bastard. Whitney just melted when I said that. You didn't even use the B word in our house coming up. Now my grandkids use it. You know that B-U-T-T. Amen. Oh, I didn't want to get that. <laughs> well, Lacey was saying, you better correct that. Amen. The, the, the B word. We didn't even use that. Amen. She's about to, amen. He said, are you bastards and not sons? I come to tell you, church, you're not a bastard. You are the son of the living God. You have a heavenly father. Ooh, somebody ought to get on your feet right now and give God some praise in this place. Y'all go ahead and praise him while I find my place. <laughs> Amen. He said, you got it all mixed up. You acting just like they acted. You just as worried as they are. 
Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Now, 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 don't get me wrong and start reading a bunch of mess into this. I know some of you work 14 and 14. You ain't got to be here. I understand what I'm talking about. Amen. But when we are worried and fret, oh, God, I got to get another hour, and I got to get another, I got to get another, and I got to get another. I'm not beating up anybody. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. He said, if you would reprioritize your life and get Christ first, they ought to be some little addition. Somebody ought to help me sometime. You didn't even sew it together. You didn't even sweat over it. Somehow God added some stuff in my life. I don't know where it came. Hmm. Josh put this little table up here to make me stand here and teach, but I feel like preaching this morning. I blame it on you. He said, don't you know your, your heavenly father clothed the earth with grass that's going to wither today and be burnt tomorrow? He said, don't you know he's the one that feeds that bird? Now, my, now mind you, just for you lazy folks, amen, God provides the worm, but the bird's got to go get it. Oh, let me preach right there for just a little bit, amen. God don't come and drop the worm at the bird's house. He does have to get out of his house and, and do some scratching. Some of you just need to get out and, oh, my, 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 my. You got to do some scratching if you're going to find the bird. But the worm is under the... Oh, my God, we got to move on. Say, move on, Pastor. Before we do, high five your neighbor and say, quit acting like a, no, don't use that word. Don't you do it. <laughs> quit acting like you ain't got no daddy. Somebody say he's, he's preaching about the kingdom. Do you think he's going to take better care of the bird than he's going to take of you? I'm just preaching what Jesus preached. Jesus said, if you will initiate a priority shift, Shift. If you will initiate a priority shift, if you will move God and His kingdom from secondary to primary, then you'll no longer need to seek after things because I'm going to add some stuff to you. Am I just preaching the word this morning? Am I just preaching the word this morning? He said, if you would get your priorities right, you wouldn't wear your body out. You get your priorities right, it wouldn't have cost you your health. You get your priorities right, you wouldn't have had that fight in your marriage. You get your priorities right, you wouldn't be on high blood pressure medicine. Whoo, I'm gonna get in the spirit over that one. Hey Amen. He said, because you're running and chasing, you're bowing down to the wrong God. Oh, my God, that's taking it too far, ain't it? Amen. Just a minute, Lord. I got to pay homage to this, to, to, to this other relationship in my life. Amen. And, and I hope when I get through paying homage to this relationship, I'm not too tired to pay homage Where homage is really due. Jesus said, if you have a priority shift in your life. So, in other words, so as a result of correcting your priorities, 
of you seeking his kingdom and a right relationship with him first, he's going to begin to create some divine additions in your life. You're going to find out he makes a better God than you do. Amen? I got to take my coat off. It's pulling my mic off. He makes a better God than you do. He makes a better provider than you do. Amen? You're going to find out if we get this right, amen, that these additions, and man, some of you are battling the mindset right now. But if I don't, who is? But if I don't, who is? Well, Jesus said, if you don't, he is. Can we go deeper? So he said, if you'll get your priorities right, there's going to be some divine additions in your life. The problem with the American church is here, I'm going to try to help you. God, I hope this preacher ain't long-winded today. Y'all pray for me, okay? That the problem with the American church is we equate blessing with abundance. I'm going to say that again because it ain't on the screen. The problem with the Americanized mindset is we equate the blessing with abundance. We consider wealth to be a bunch of stuff. We consider wealth to be an abundance. But last week I preached about a woman who had a handful of meal. She had one handful of meal and she was going to eat it and die. And the prophet said, make me a cake first. So she gave to the man of God her handful of meal. And the Bible says every time she went back to the meal barrel, there was another handful. The Bible says the meal never wasted and the oil never ran out. The problem is we don't like living on handfuls. We like to have a handful and know there's another handful. Oh, my God, I'm telling you, I am not a popular pastor here this morning. Amen. Because to me, to be blessed means I got a bunch of this piled up. So it ain't going to bother me to use this handful today. I ain't got nothing to worry about. So my trust is in my pile. Amen. So I might as well be paying homage to the pile. The pile of what? The pile of things that I got piled up. See, we think that's the blessing. When the blessing is every day she went to make a cake, she got another handful. Did you get a handful every day? Did you get a handful every day? Amen. And this puts you in a position to be able to live in the abundance of God every day of your life. The problem is you have no security of your pile. Oh my God, this is what Jesus preached. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this, give us this, our. See, when we're having to live from hand to mouth, we've been taught that we're under the curse. We've been taught, amen, God must not be good to you, amen. Oh my God, are y'all getting this this morning? When in reality, I ain't never went hungry. I ain't never done without. It may have been a handful, but it was what I needed for that day. We sat in churches and think the people sitting there, amen, with the most money or the most blessed. The devil is a liar. I tell you, the man is blessed that every day, God, 
God, amen, provides what you need to make it through that day. Oh my God, see, the, the, uh, uh, the American church has a hard time receiving this message, but let me tell you, let me give you a little pointer before I move on. The gospel is universal, meaning what I preach on this platform, I should be able to preach in the slums and the ghettos of Africa. What I preach here, if it is the gospel of Jesus Christ, it'll preach here and it'll preach in every uh, uh, poverty-stricken nation in the world. Are you listening to me? Most, not, most, not a bunch of the American preaching could not be preached in third world countries. Because we're preaching, boy, you blessed if you got a Rolex. Uh, Two-car garage. Whoa, God's been good to you. My God, he's preaching this morning. Because we don't understand what the blessing is. Now, now, all right, move on. Now, in order for me to refocus, the order for me to prioritize my pursuit from seeking things to seeking the kingdom, I must understand what exactly is the kingdom. What is this thing that that's all Jesus preached about? What is this thing called the kingdom that he told his apostles, you preach the gospel of the kingdom? What is this thing that was so important to him? Well, let, let's look at this. The word itself, the word itself defines itself. Kingdom comes from two words, king and domain. A domain is a territory governed by a single ruler. He ain't got no cabinet. He ain't got no house of senators. He don't have house of Congress. He don't have Supreme Court justices. He's just God all by himself. Are you following me? So a kingdom is a domain, a territory governed by a single, single ruler. So a kingdom by definition, y'all gotta catch this, because we finna preach an entire series on kingdom, is by definition a territory or a realm governed by a king. So a kingdom is an established jurisdiction. Many that's a legal term. It's a legal term. Jurisdiction is legal power or authority to execute justice and judgment that is limited to a place or a territory. So here, here's your definition. You got to catch this. A kingdom is a realm, a geographical location, it's a territory governed by a king in which he has absolute jurisdiction or authority to execute justice and judgment. Is that understandable? So a kingdom is about a king and his jurisdiction. Not at me if y'all still with me. I'm go to sleep. So when Jesus preached his first sermon and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was saying a new king is about to establish and expand the jurisdiction of heaven on earth. 
When Jesus came, his first message to us, repent for the kingdom of heaven is hand. He was saying there is a new sheriff in town. There's a brand new king and he's supposed to establish a brand new jurisdiction of authority over which he... In other words, he was saying there is supposed to be a governmental coup. The justice and judgment of God is about to be established. And there cannot be the establishing of one kingdom without the overthrow of an existing kingdom. My God, y'all got to get a hold of this. That's why Jesus said, that's why the word says in 1 Peter 3 and 8, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he may what? That he may what? that he may destroy the works of the devil. Jesus said, I came with a mission. I came with a purpose and that's to overthrow one kingdom so my kingdom can be established. I came to overthrow one government of tyranny and bondage and sin and addiction and depravity. I came to overthrow this kingdom and establish a brand new kingdom. Here's the prophecy of why Jesus came. It says, yea, truth faileth, and he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. In other words, he looked down and said, I gotta do something. The devil is running roughshod over my people, and there's no justice in the earth. Somebody's gotta do something about this. Are you following me? And he saw that there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Not only did Jesus come with a purpose, he came with a vengeance. He come to crush the devil's head. And oh, what a battle it was. Two kingdoms collided. Two kingdoms collided. Are y'all with me this morning? Amen. This battle was declared to come by God himself. Remember the book of Genesis? He told Satan, I'm going to put enmity between you and her seed. And when he gets here, he's going to crush your head. And in crushing your head, it's going to bruise his heel. In other words, he's going to shed some blood to get you dethroned, but he's going to dethrone you. He's going to dethrone you. Amen. Yes, sir. I'm talking about a new government. This kingdom represents a new government that came to overthrow an existing government. I love the scriptures where it says, the Bible says, Jesus went to Nazareth where he was raised up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath. And when he got there, he stood up. Amen. He stood up to read. And when he stood up to read, your Bible says that the minister of the synagogue came and handed him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place wherein it was written. Look at him. And he started to read these scriptures. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because God has anointed me to preach good news to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of what? Vengeance. Amen. Then the Bible says he handed the book to the minister, sat down and said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, today there is going to begin a governmental coup. Today a new king is about to take the throne. I don't even know if y'all understand. Today I'm establishing a brand new government. Today I'm not coming to snatch you out to get you to heaven. Today I come to bring heaven to this earth to begin to rule and reign in this place. Wonder. John 12, 31 says, now, somebody shout now. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Now is the judgment of this world and now shall the prince be cast out, amen. I'm not gonna walk in victory tomorrow. I'm gonna walk in victory today. I'm not gonna be delivered tomorrow. I'm gonna be delivered today. I'm not gonna be blessed tomorrow. I'm gonna be blessed today because right now, Satan has been judged. Oh, somebody ought to get a hold of that word right now. Satan has been judged. I'm telling you, Jesus was preaching a message that made hell tremble. So the kingdom of God, the kingdom of injustice has been overthrown by a kingdom of justice. And, and the kingdom's hard to describe, and even Jesus ran into this problem because in Matthew 13, he used six parables to try to tell you what the kingdom was like. It's like a mustard seed. It's like leaven. It's like, amen? So maybe the best way, are y'all still with me a few more minutes? Maybe the best way to define the kingdom of God is just look at what the kingdom looks like. Somebody say, I need an example. That's how I pass math. You know, them little examples on the side? In my book, they gave you half of them. Guess what? I knew I had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> huh? If I could just get that 60 average, I'd make it on through. So maybe the best way to understand something is by example, Brother Guerrero. The Bible says John the Baptist came as the forerunner of Jesus Christ, and he was preaching, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 11 teaches that John was in prison. When Jesus started his ministry, John was in prison and he heard of the works of Jesus. And he called two of his disciples and said, I need you to go and see if this is the king. I need you to go and see if this is the man or do I need to look for someone else? I need you to go see if this is the king and the kingdom that I was preaching of. And so here come his little disciples and said, John sent us Jesus and he wants to know, is this the kingdom he was preaching about? And Jesus looked at the disciples and said, go tell John that the blind are seeing, the lame are walking. Oh, somebody ought to help me right now. Go tell John the poor are having the gospel preached to them the lepers are being healed and devils are being cast out everywhere, amen? Go tell John what you see and he'll know it's a brand new king. I'm just gonna get happy all by myself. So how do you know what the kingdom is? It's a new government overthrowing a demonic government. Woo! Are y'all okay? He said, go tell him. Go tell them, hear me church, this is what the kingdom looks like. The kingdom of God is the justice 
and the judgment of the government of heaven established on this earth. Can I tell you, sickness is an injustice. Disease is an injustice. Bondage to sin is an injustice. And before the new king come, you were bound by things you could not get out of. Amen? Amen. So he said, I'm going to come bring justice and judgment to the world. Matter of fact, he said in Matthew, if I'm casting out devils by the spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come to you. Amen. He said, you will know it's the kingdom when devils are running. You'll know it's the kingdom when devils, the, the back of demons are being broken. I'm, 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 I'm persuaded to believe that our churches are way more full of religion than they are the kingdom. Now, now I'm going to go ahead and say you ain't going to like this part. You should have amen a while ago. I'm persuaded to believe you're more. F- I'm sorry to believe you and I have more religion than we think we have. I knew it was going to get quiet right here. <laughs> Just keep your mouth shut. Don't acknowledge nothing. Don't shake your head. Don't say amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. How do I know this? Because when the kingdom comes, the devil leaves. Oh, my God. When the new sheriff comes to town, the outlaws are overpowered and overcome, and they're not running rogue. My God, I'm mad at the devil this morning. They're not just running rogue through our churches and through our people, through our bodies and through our minds anymore. That's why Jesus said, I come to preach the good news of the kingdom, and this kingdom sets men free. Amen. And it don't march in and say, would you like to join a church? Would you like to be baptized? Would you like to transfer your letter over to Life Church? Amen. It don't, it don't patticate with the devil. It don't cohabitate with the devil. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by. This kingdom came with power. Power. But next week on priest two, we can't experience the power because we're bowing down to two gods. Don't even realize it. I'm just supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> Boy, that one needs to be preached across America right now. It wouldn't go over too good either. Come on now. See, you can't really preach the true gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Without half people getting offended. Amen. But the problem is, it's become our master. It's become our Lord, and we're trying to balance two gods. And as a result, it's robbed us of devotion. It's robbed us of position. Trying to help somebody. It's robbed us of position. When his kingdom comes... No wonder Jesus said, when you pray, pray, our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come. I pray for the jurisdiction of heaven to be made manifest in my current situation. I pray for the rule of heaven to be manifest in my current situation. And you know what? There is no depression in heaven. 
I'm going to pray it again. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So I'm going to teach you later on in this series, the, the plan of God from the beginning, amen, was to colonize the earth. You know what that means? You know what a colony is? Colony is an extended government from a mother government. God said, this is my, my, my goal. See, you thought, your religion taught you your goal was to get to heaven. He don't want you up there. That's debatable, ain't it? I know that's debatable, but I had it's shocking all. He don't want you up there. Amen. You think he needs you up there to give him a little more praise? Huh? When angels who have pipes, his organs coming out their ears, or something like that, are praising and worshiping. You think God needs to get us up there where we can do a little bit of worship? No, the original plan, and I'm gonna prove it to you, is for God to take heaven and colonize the earth and bring the same order, the same government, the same power, the same God to the earth to overthrow the works of the devil. So if Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, what should you be doing? Destroying the works of the devil. Oh, preacher, you don't believe we're going to heaven? Oh, I believe we're going to heaven one day. I believe the last trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. But the goal of Christianity was not to snatch you out of the darkness, but that you may be the light. Somebody ought to help me preach that you may begin to shine light in a dark place. He said, they said, Lord, and I'm gonna quit. Lord, Lord, how? where is the kingdom where is the kingdom how how can I see the kingdom he said the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation you're not going to say here's the kingdom or there the kingdom he said the kingdom of God is within you in other words I'm going to put heavenly government in your spirit are are y'all okay so now I'm not being governed by the devil I'm not being governed by my flesh, I'm the, citizen, I'm the citizen of another country. You think I'm strange because I don't live by your government. That's what Jesus told them. I, I don't operate by the same rules you do. I'm a citizen of another country. That's why the Bible said they're going to hate you. They don't understand you. This is the good news of the gospel. I'm going to quit with this, I think. I told him last Wednesday night, the greatest thing God ever did to me when he's pulled me out of darkness and gave me my self-governance back. You follow me? Why? Because before the kingdom, I had no government in me. I was a drunk. I was losing my family, and I couldn't do anything about it. But when his kingdom come... He took the jurisdiction of heaven and he placed it right down inside of me and empowered me to begin to live by the very rules of heaven. Oh, I ain't got time to preach it this morning. But does heaven, does the kingdom have laws? Absolutely. Amen. The difference is religion creates laws. Amen. And they're to restrain the lawless. 
That's what your Bible says. Laws are not for law-abiding citizen. Laws are created for the crooked heart. It keeps you honest. Amen. He said, but in my kingdom, I got laws. He said, but they're not for the honest, the dishonest, they're for the honest. Because I'm going to write them on the tables of your heart. Amen. And it's, not a, and it's not a dread to keep the laws anymore. I just abide by the law of God because the kingdom is within me. Oh, it's ultimate freedom. I don't just be good when the sheriff's watching. Huh? I just be good all time. Y'all don't know where to laugh about that. Or... I don't need you to be my accountability partner. I don't need you following me around, slapping me on the hand, saying, don't touch that, don't taste that, don't drink that, don't listen to that, don't act like that. I don't need that. Why? Because the kingdom's in me. And not only that, his commandments are not grievous because he wrote them on my heart and I'm in a relationship with my king and I just want to do what pleases him. Oh, what a good gospel I'm preaching this morning. First thing I learned when I come into the kingdom was I didn't have to go to church anymore. Some of y'all are preaching your own gospel right now. Or he said, I didn't have to go to church. I didn't have to go to church anymore. All of a sudden, I was like David. I wanted to go to church. I was like David. I was glad when they said unto me, oh, is anybody listening to me? This is the gospel of the kingdom. Religion is a ball and chain that drags you around with laws and regulations. The kingdom is an experience with God that lives through my flesh. And everywhere I go, the kingdom goes with me, come on. Just the kingdom goes with me. The jurisdiction of God. That's why Moses could live in the bondage of Egypt all those years and the kingdom come into me and he just walks right back up in the midst of them. You hear me now, Steve? I can just walk right through that beer joint. Walk right through that beer joint. I don't want no beer. Why? Well, I got new jurisdiction in my life. I got new rule in my life. A new king ruling in my life. So when he said, seek first the kingdom, he's saying what you're seeking for is the jurisdiction of another world, heaven. To be planted down inside your heart to where I'm not shaking a preacher's hand and saying, give me the rule book. Let me learn the plays. Let me learn the rules. Once again, I'm going to say this. If I can't preach the same gospel on the platforms of America, I cannot, that I preach in Africa, it is not the gospel of the kingdom. And I experienced this firsthand. While we're hung up on exterior, I preached in the bush of Africa where a lot of women didn't even wear tops, much less long sleeves. Most of them lived in such situations to where they had to shave their head to keep the lice from eating up. It wouldn't have been a pleasant gospel if I went over there preaching to them, you're going to hell 
because your hair is too short. And you're not dressed. Is anybody okay? Anybody okay? Oh, no, no. But you see, we... Uh, we, we, we have, we have uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Amen. We've twisted the gospel around our own beliefs. And it's not the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel of your religion. It's that other God. He said it. He said it. It's that other God that you're worshiping. Amen. That's why music is splitting churches. That's why colors of carpet are splitting churches. Uh, because these edifices have become our gods. Uh, instead of seek ye first. This gospel is universal. It'll work anywhere. But we've mixed it all up. And we're preaching preferences. Somebody say first things first. Our goal over the next few months is to get the gospel of the kingdom preached out of this pulpit and begin to seek first things first. And hear me, brothers and sisters, when we get it right. My Bible says there's going to be some divine additions to our life that we're going to go back to the meal barrel and say, my God, how'd that get there? Let me go look through my receipts. <laughs> Let me go, my God, I don't remember buying that. I, I, I don't remember where, where'd that can of corn come from. <laughs> huh? Amen. I thought I couldn't do without a job for a week. And here I've been laid off for 12 months. And every day, amen, and my meal barrel may not be running over, but every day we are eating. Oh, I want to preach both sides of this. I want to preach on the abundance of God to where we have enough to give. I want to preach all that. But we got to get back to the basic principles that if I'll just do a priority shift in my life, Maybe I won't experience all the anxiety that I've been experiencing because I'm not a bastard. I'm a son. Amen. I may, I, are y'all with me? I may not have as much hair as Jimbo. I may not have beard like Nathan, I may not know your religious jargon, but I'm a son. I may not can jump through the hoops that you've jumped through, and I may not walk like you think I ought to walk, but I'm a son. Somebody ought to shout with me in this place. I don't know when to say hallelujah, amen. I don't know when I'm supposed to clap and when I don't. All I know is I'm a son. And if I'm a son, I'm not a bastard. If I'm a son, it is the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. Stand on your feet and give the Lord a great big hand praise. So in closing, if you don't praise him for nothing else, you ought to just praise him because you're a son. Just right now, you ought to just praise him. Thank you, Father. And for some of us that have been Americanized and have bought into the nightmare of the American dream and you've cursed that old 
undependable car with May Pops on it. You ought to walk out there today and just shout around that car. Thank you, Jesus, that I got one that may pop. Because there's some people who, oh, oh, oh. I just thank you, Jesus, that that I got a tire with wire showing. Because some people ain't got no wire. Somebody ought to shout in this place. That's your problem. You think abundance, but luxury has become our enemy. Because it has become a competitor of our God. And Jesus plainly said, Sir, you can't serve both. We're on a 21-day fast right now. Some of you are fasting media and entertainment. Some of you are not fasting at all, and you're the people we want to be like. Because you're so holy and perfect. You don't need modification in your life. Let's give all them people a big hand. Would you, all you that are, we can, you got it. You're our hero. But some of you are fasting. Media, they're already telling me, my God, I didn't realize how many hours I spent on Facebook. Competition. Two gods I'm trying to juggle in my life and then have the audacity to say, I just ain't got time to pray, study. And then wonder why can the devil slip in and rob my thoughts? Oh, God, he's preaching 100 miles an hour right now. I ain't here to condemn anybody. I just want to help somebody. He said, if you'll put the kingdom first, because, see, I'm tired of belittling my God and allowing people around me to belittle my God, amen, like God's not working in their life. These principles only work in the kingdom. And maybe we're in religion instead of the kingdom. Maybe we're more dedicated to life church than to Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to shine some light. Maybe your attendance here this morning is more religious than relational. Maybe my devotion is more religious than devotional. Maybe it's not a compelling on the inside. And oh God, Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. And I didn't come to preach this message to condemn you. But maybe you ought to pray right now in this altar call while he's playing on that, strumming on that guitar there and you're standing right there, Lord. Would you help me do a priority shift because I've lost my first love. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.